you guys. Uh, they weren't kidding about that uh, pizza because Blake told me. I told Blake 30 minutes, and he said, okay, I ordered the pizza according to your time. So I kind of have to be done around that time, I guess. So um, you can turn your Bibles to Proverbs 16.5, but uh, I'm going to open up with my little illustration. How many of you guys know about the Six-Day War or the Six Days War? Any of you ever heard of that? Not the younger generation. I'm sorry, you didn't raise your hand. Um, Here's a quote right before the Six Days War uh, from Cairo, Egypt. It said, The existence of Israel has continued too long. We welcome the battle. The battle has come in which we shall destroy Israel. How many of you know the irony behind that? Um, Well, you say they were a little prideful, a little haughty going into that. Well, here's a brief description I found about the Six Days War. It says, The Six-Day War was a brief but bloody conflict fought in June 1967 between Israel and the Arab states of Egypt, Syria, and Jordan. Following years of diplomatic friction and skirmishes between Israel and its neighbors, Israel's defense forces launched a preemptive airstrike that crippled the air forces of Egypt and its allies. Israel then staged a successful ground offensive and seized the Sinai Peninsula and the Gaza Strip from Egypt. Not looking good for them. The West Bank and East Jerusalem from Jordan and the Golan Heights from Syria. The brief war ended with a UN-brokered ceasefire, but significantly altered the map of the Middle East and gave rising to a lingering geopolitical friction. And I'm not going to read the rest. But they kind of came in a little cocky and they got punched in the mouth, as we would say in, the, in, a, in a football locker room. You know, They came in prideful and they did not win. But that's kind of what I want to talk to you guys tonight about, is the dangers of pride. And I know all of you sitting in this room, we can all say, we all learn this in Sunday school, we all learn this, even if you've been in secular life, that pride is not a desirable trait to have in your life. Am I right? No one wants to be considered prideful. My dad once said, two things that would make me not like you, I think the word was fight, was if you called me prideful and lazy. So prideful is not a term we want to have in our lives but it's a problem in churches. Would we not agree with that? It's really hard to look unto Jesus when you're looking at yourself. Can we not all agree about that? Tonight, I want to tell you about the dangers of pride and how it could destroy our year for Christ. How it could be a roadblock. How it can make us an abomination in the sights of our Lord. That's somewhere we don't want to be. I want to remind us to stay humble. So I'll open in prayer, and then I'll read my passage. Thank you, Jesus, for stay. Thank you for allowing us to come here this Sunday night. Lord, I pray that you be with the Mosleys. I pray that you be with Brent as he's suffering from pancreatitis. I pray that you just put your hand in hand on them and on the Lambugans as they're dealing with the coronavirus, Lord. I just pray that you be with them. But I also pray that you be with my message, Lord, that uh, you would unrestrict my tongue, that... uh, I'd speak with power from you, Lord, and that you just give me confidence in your name. Amen. It says in Proverbs 16.5, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. Some of you guys are saying, yes, he's keeping up with this time frame. I just read the shortest verse, I guess, in Proverbs, and that's my only verse for my message. But it's a pretty deep one, if you think about it. So now I'm going to break that verse down. The first phrase that I want to look at is proud in heart. 
I kind of told you guys, uh, no one wants to be considered, no one wants to be considered proud. Um, I can't tell you how many countless times, I'm an NFL fan, as Pastor alluded to. I'm not just an NFL fan. I'm an NFL fan of the greatest team to ever play the game. But uh, a little prideful there. I can't tell you how many countless times you can just tell one team is prideful and one team's not, and they lose. It just it happens all the time. You know, I was, I was thinking to myself, and I'm so, I'm so sad Randy's not here because I always ask him a thousand questions during my messages. But I was thinking to myself, we all know a definition of pride. I wanted to get a really good one, so I used Randy's favorite dictionary, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, 1828. And it says, pride is an inordinate self-esteem an unreasonable conceit of one's own superiority in talents, beauty, wealth, accomplishments, rank, or elevation in office, which manifests itself into lofty airs, distance, reserve, and often contempt of others. I told you when I opened up this message that too many times churches have pride in them. We suffer from the still pride. How many of us in this room would want to be described like that? Reserved, have contempt for others, view themselves in a superior way. That's, uh, as you would say in elementary school, that's not how you make friends. And that's not how you do things for the Lord. And the Lord says, not just proud, but proud in heart. You know what that means? You know, we all know when the guy's going around fluffing his jacket out in church and he's being proud on the outside. The Lord says proud in the heart. That means privately. That means deep within you. You know, the Bible says, I think it's in 1 Samuel, God looks on the inside while man looks on the, on the out. He looks, on, he looks in the heart. Have you searched yourself recently? Have you looked in yourself and have you asked God to reveal if you have any secret sin? You know, I've noticed every time I ask God to reveal secret sin, it always has to do something with pride, you know? It just creeps in on you. You know, I had a discussion post for a class I had this past, uh, this past winter break, this one right now. And it said, what is the most dangerous thing that can happen to a ministry leader? And I answered it with pride, right? It creeps in on you. You know, you're doing well, you have success, you're on the mountaintop, and pride causes you to slip and fall all the way down. But it's not just for the ministry leader. That pride creeps into all of our hearts. How many of you guys would say you go to church every week? Oh, that's a lot of hands. You read your Bible. You know, I'm not going to make you guys raise your hand all the time. You pray to God. You have a relationship with God. You know, you go soul winning. And, you know, you start doing all this stuff. And you know what? You, you gain a little bit of pride in it, right? You gain a little pride. And then, you know, with that pride, you start saying, where are the other people doing that? What is so-and-so doing right now? They're not here at the meeting. And that pride creeps into your heart. So-and-so is not wearing a tie. And you know what? That pride creeps into your heart. And you start, you start getting reserved from them, and you get contempt. And God's looking, and he's not looking on the outside, because you can hide that stuff, can you not? God's looking at your heart, and he's saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? And that pride, it, it comes and it roots itself in your heart, and it becomes the root to all your sin. Uh, I, I, always, I always say that pride is the root of all sin. Um, I like to think that the devil first committed a sin of pride, right? And from the root of that, disobedience. Eve 
thought that it wouldn't happen to her. She wouldn't surely die. She ate of the fruit. How many times can you guys look into your own hearts and it stem from pride? You know, every sin is always disobedience against God, right? Saying that your needs are more important than his wants. But did we not talk about who God was today in the morning message? We talked about Jesus, who is eternal, all-powerful. He never sinned. He came to the earth, and he was murdered for not sinning. He was murdered for being perfect. He was murdered for our transgressions, for our pride. How can we go around walking on this earth today, thinking about ourselves? I mean, how many of you guys, I mean, I, sometimes I do this. I'm not the best at this. Slow down during the song service, and you actually think about the words you're singing. Blake came up to me this week, and he said, Jacob, what kind of songs do you want to sing for the, the evening service? And, I said, and he said, there's no real songs on pride. And I said, you're right, but maybe there's some songs on humility. So uh, <laughs> I, that's what I gave him to work with, and he picked those songs. And I think he picked some pretty good ones. Wonderful grace of Jesus. You're not looking at yourself in that song. You're looking at Jesus and how wonderful he is, just as I am. Um, if you ever think about who you really are, that's not something to gloat about. Am I right? I'm trying to think of what the middle song was. I, it's already escaped my brain. To God be the glory. Some of those verses, I mean, when I was reading it, it was talking about how we were sinners. I don't know if you guys recognize that. But in our own position, in our own, in our own bodies, I, I don't know how to say it, we shouldn't be prideful, but it just kind of sneaks in. It just kind of roots itself. And next thing you know, you got a problem. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. I mean, me and my dad were cleaning out a yard when I was trying to earn money for camp in Tennessee. And this lady had let her weeds grow, and they were taller than I was. Don't let the roots of sin. I know, that's pretty big. Some of you guys are shocked. Well, I'm not very tall. But uh, <laughs> don't let the roots of sin grow that tall in your life. Because it starts growing inwardly, but it starts manifesting outwardly. And it does it really quickly. So my first point being that if you're proud in heart, God will know it. Don't let it creep into your life. The second point is that it's an abomination to the Lord. It says in the verse, um, every man that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Uh, abomination is one of those really big words, those 50-cent words that you just really can't spell off the top of your head. Maybe Brother Tom can, but I can't. Um, it's, I, you know, I can't even remember the definition. That's, that's sad. Um, but uh, if you're an abomination, the, the way you're looking at it, it's disgusting. It's, uh, it's gross. You don't want to be around it. I remember when I, I mean, I still work in the West Coast kitchen, but Blake used to be my boss. I don't know if you guys knew about that. And sometimes Blake would tell me to do something, and, you know, through pride I would be talking back or something. You know, not me, but uh, I'd just say something chirpy to Blake, you know. That's a nice shirt you got on if you had, like, a stain on it or something like that. And he had this great punishment for me. You remember what it was, Blake? It was to clean the mop sink. I don't know if you guys have ever worked in food service, but cleaning the mop sink is, like, the worst thing you can do because it's used every day. No one cleans it for, like, six months for some reason. And it always seemed to be me. And... Through that continual dumping of that dirty water, mold starts to grow, and it kind of smells funky, and there's just black everywhere. I'm, it's probably a health hazard to be around it. But uh, 
I remember every single time I'd say to Blake, I'd say something chirpy to Blake, and Blake would be like, okay, I got something for you. And I was like, oh, no. And he'd say, go clean the mop sink. In my eyes, that mop sink was an abomination. I didn't want to be around it. It was gross. It disgusted me. And to my credit, my pride, I cleaned it. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's kind of what you look like to God when you're prideful. You know that? You're disgusting. Isn't that sad? Um, I want to say that I've never looked like that in my parents' eyes. Am I right? Never looked, <laughs> never looked disgusting. But uh, just imagine God looking at you with, as you were filth. Isn't, I don't want to ever be in that point. And that's just what a prideful man is in God's eyes. And you know why? God's holy. Did we not talk about that today? Jesus can't sin. You know that? Jesus cannot break his own law, so he can't ever be disgusted with himself. God is a holy God who has to punish sin. That's something we learn in Bible college. Um, and being a holy God, his light brines so, shy, or so uh, brightly. That's the word. Thank you, Pastor. Getting a little tongue-tied here. His light burns so brightly, but you know what? You, there's no darkness in him, but when you become prideful, you become pretty dark. You know that? In his eyes, you're one of those broken Christmas light bulbs that just runs the whole strand. Um, and how can we say we serve a holy God if we're involved with such a disgusting sin as pride? You know, when I told you about it rooting itself in you, when you become prideful, you don't, you don't, I don't think you really have the ability to serve God at least not to your full potential. Think about it. You start waking up on Saturday or, you know, actually the great thing with our church is you can go out any day you want because we got maps back there. We're going to work on getting Blanchard, Azier, uh, and Del City, right? We need to start getting maps out there. But uh, it starts becoming that day where you know you're supposed to go soul winning and you say, well, it's kind of cold outside. I shouldn't have to put my body through that. It starts becoming, oh, pastor wants a prayer meeting this Sunday morning. Ooh, I don't really want to get out of bed. Why should I put myself through that? It starts becoming, they need nursery workers, but I don't really want to have to do I, I'm going to be honest. I think I'm a germaphobe, so I can't really be around little children. But uh, I can't put myself through that. But... That pride, it really starts holding us back from serving the Lord. And since God's a holy God, why would he use a dirty vessel? Am I right? Also, here's another thing about this. Every person has a throne on their heart. And when you become prideful, guess who's sitting at it? Yourself. You know... Uh, someone explained it to me this way. Uh, when Eve sinned, that was the first time that God had been taken off man's heart, or, or God had been taken off a man's throne in his heart. What's on your what's on the throne of your heart tonight? You know, sometimes I'm a real I told you I'm a really big NFL fan. Sometimes, you know, I find the NFL to be right there. That's the idol I'm choosing to worship. That's the pride I'm I'm putting myself into. I have to take it off. I have to take myself off a lot of times. 
it's too cold to go out in the winter. Or, you know, the worst thing is going out in the summer when it's 100 degrees and passing out tracks. Um, waking up early in the morning to go to a men's prayer breakfast. What's on the throne of your heart right now, pride-wise, that's keeping you from serving the Lord? Because guess what? I'm going to tell you this. He know, We said it before. He knows what it is. How about you ask the Lord? Here's one prayer that Jesus is never not going to answer with a yes. Lord, will you identify sin in my life? You know that? That and patience. So, you know, I would encourage you guys, even at the end of this message, to ask the Lord to present you with something if you have it in your life. But let's also look at what it's turned people into. We already said that when you, when you have pride in your life, you look like an abomination to the Lord. Let's see what it's turned people into, what pride has turned people into. How many of you guys have heard of the name of Lucifer? He was the bright and morning star. He glorified the Lord in heaven. And where is he now? He's the devil. He goes around. He's the father of lies, Beelzebub. I think that means Lord of Fly. I can't remember, but uh, he's, he doesn't have a great picture in our minds, right? He was once this great thing, and pride brought him down. Here's one pastor mentioned to me that I thought about. Saul. Look how much potential Saul had, King Saul, to rule the nation of Israel. I mean, he was above everyone. He was the tallest guy. Wouldn't that be awesome? And uh, he had chances to wipe out entire enemy nations. He could have really served the Lord, and pride really just creeped in. He said, I don't have to serve the Lord the exact way he told me to do it. Maybe I can do it a little myself. I mean, I'm the king. And look where pride brought him, killing himself on a sword. How about, here's a fun one, Nebuchadnezzar. How many of you guys know about what happened to that guy? He exalted himself in his own heart, and God turned him into, like a beast, I guess, in his mind, eating the grass of the field. Some of you guys like eating grass, or some people call it salad. But I don't think, I don't think that's a, <laughs> I don't see that as a fun pastime for, how many was it, seven or ten years? Seven years. Nebuchadnezzar. How about Peter? That's one of my favorite guys in the New Testament. I identify with him so much, and that's kind of a bad thing. But uh, he said, Lord, I won't deny you. What happened next? Three times, weeping bitterly after it. That's what pride did to him. Last one to give you guys a little bit of a break there. Oh, that was, that was it. It makes people miserable. Pride. You know, we all like the joke. We all like to say, oh, that guy's hottie. And we all like to laugh at them. It destroys people's lives. And it will destroy all of your lives, no exception, if you let it to sneak in. My next point. Oh, this was a fun one. Hand joined in hand. It says, everyone that is proud in heart is abomination to the Lord. Though hand be joined in hand. Who likes to think, I like to think man has great, uh, I would say ingenuity. Man can do, in our eyes, great things, can he not? Um, I saw this uh, video on Facebook, and uh, it was these three men, and they looked like the biggest bodybuilders I had ever seen. They were playing tug of war. And they didn't show who was on the other side, it just showed them losing. I said, what? Who is on the other side who's beating these guys? I mean, they got all their hands in there. They're using all their strength, and they lost. You know who they lost to? It was a single lion. A lion beat them. But they had all their effort. They had all their might. They had all their strength 
on that rope, and they still lost. And that's kind of an illustration to show you what happens when you have pride in your life. You can have all your strength in there, and you're still going to lose. You know, look how much man has accomplished with, I guess you would say, his strength, right? Man has built television, one of my favorite inventions. Man has built skyscrapers. How many of you have ever seen a picture of the Burj Khalifa? Is that what it's called, the tallest building in the world? I'm afraid of heights. I don't know why anyone would ever want to go up that high and build a building. But man built a giant building. Um, Air travel, airplanes, that's another thing with heights. Brother Scott, you've flown in airplanes, right? That's, <laughs> that's pretty crazy to me. That man said, I'm going to build a machine that can fly in the air pretty high up. Well, it's, it's, it benefits us now. I mean, I can get from here to California in like, like a few hours. So man has done all these great things, and they've put all their strength in this. But guess what? If they have pride... It's not going to go anywhere. You know, we all, here's another thing we like to get prideful in. We have all these accomplishments, but we also like to get prideful in our talents. Uh, Pastor, you're pretty good with, like, coding, right, and web design-ish. Well, I think he does a pretty good job. Um, Logan, you're pretty good at basketball, right, ish. Wow, now now we're all being humble now. Uh let me think of something I'm pretty good at. I'm pretty good at advising people when they're working, you know. Not joining in, but, like, you missed a spot there. <laughs> um, but we all have talents in this life. We all have something we're kind of known for, am I right? Um, I'm trying to think of one for me, and it's, I'm blanking on it now. Um, we're all good at something. You know, Blake... He's, he's pretty good at basketball. He can make pretty good coffee. We all have spiritual gifts. His coffee's pretty good. But uh, we all have spiritual gifts, too, if you're saved. God gives you an ability to serve him. Sometimes we can take pride in it. Uh, my, my two spiritual gifts I've been given is uh, discernment and, no, I can't remember the other one. I think it's administration. Yes. Um, and the thing is, God gives you those gifts, those talents to serve him, and sometimes pride roots from it. You know, we have all these accomplishments in life. We graduated college. We got this great job. We get all these talents from God. We have all these natural talents, and we begin to get pride. And that's all your hand and hand joined in, you know? That's all you, am I right? Not really, but that's all you. And then we kind of rely on our strengths, to get things done when we're in a state of pride. And what does the Bible say? It says, he shall not be unpunished. I'm going to tell you this. In this room tonight, there is a lot of talent for the Lord, whether you see it or not. God could do anything with us. That's what I believe. I believe that God could do, he could, he could see the whole town of Moore saved. I believe that we could see revival in Oklahoma with this church. If we let, with all the talent we have in here, with all the potential, if we let pride go in, you know, we kind of got to look at the last part. He shall not go unpunished. You know, I, uh, just to illustrate this last point, and it's the last point, I'm helping you guys out. Think about what they did with the, power, the Tower of Babel. I mean, 
pretty early on in humanity's stage, and they're building this giant tower to the heavens. Like I said, they built the Burj Khalifa a few years back, and it's pretty tall. I imagine this building was pretty tall. And you know what God had to do? God had to discombobulate them. He had to make their languages different. It's the reason why we have to go to the Spanish class in high school, because of these guys. <laughs> when you become prideful, God, I told you this earlier in the message, he can't just let that go. He can't just let you go around proclaiming your own goodness because God is a jealous God and he does not share one thing and that's his glory. And if you're going around trying to take his glory, he has to punish you. You know, my first sub point for this is, it says somewhere in Psalms, I should have looked it up, man's as an ant in God's eyes. Maybe even lower than an ant. Think about yourself. We're, we're talking about an all-powerful God an all-knowing God, an eternal God, a God that never changes, a God that's sovereign, who rules over creation. And then we got Jacob. If you were talking about, if this was like boxing and they were talking about your stats, I'm not winning this one. None of you would win. Us combined would not win. You know, I was, in, uh, I was helping my dad for the past few weeks in his children's thing. He was talking about uh, Armageddon. All of humanity that's against God, I'm, th I'm thinking probably in the millions or billions, are going to go against God, and God obliterates them. That's the kind of God we serve, and that's the kind of God that we try to take glory from when we become prideful. Have you ever thought about it that way? We're talking about the God who built the worlds, who built outer space. How many of you guys have ever watched Discovery Channel and you've seen space? It's pretty big. And we try to take his glory away from him from becoming by becoming prideful. Let that sink in. Whereas in Antim, all that, here's the next one, all that talent we have, all those spiritual gifts, guess who they were given by? God. I would not be able to be up here on this stage preaching to you guys the word if God did not give me his power. I would not be able to get out of bed today if God did not give me his power. Everything that we like to take pride in was given by God, was it not? If you try to take pride in your money, it was given by God. Try to take pride in the skills you have, it was given by God. Some people even like the, um, I don't know, take pride in their education, God gave you your mind. Take pride in your possessions, God gave you that. Take pride in your friends, God gave you that. What do you have that God hasn't given you? It's nothing. God gave you everything. God gave you, and that's why when you try to take glory away from him, when you become prideful, that's how silly it looks. And that's why you look so disgusting to him, because he gave you everything, and you're trying to play tug-of-war with him, and it's just, it's just goofy. You're not going to win, and it kind of dis it disappoints him. You know, just to close this out, we will only succeed if we rely on him. I want Cornerstone to achieve its goals this year. I want Cornerstone to pass out 30,000 tracks. I want Cornerstone to spiritually grow, not just as a church, but as personal families. 
I want to see Cornerstone have a worldwide impact through our missions program. I want to see Cornerstone become the bright beacon of light that I know it can be. But guess what? Everything I've told you before in this message is going to hamper that. It's going to stop that. We're not going to be on the blessing side. We're going to be on the curse side. We're going to be on the punished side if we become prideful. And I know that all of you know that, but God told me to remind you guys. God wanted me to remind you guys that pride is that dangerous in our church. In conclusion, if we want to achieve great things for God this year, we need to remain humble. Easier said than done. Am I right? Pride will be our greatest roadblock in the path of success. And you know, in my mind, I can see how pride can get in our way. I think the biggest one the devil uses in church is he causes contention by it. Contention within our ranks. Am I right? It says in Proverbs 13.10, Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. If we ever see infighting coming in our church this year, and we know what's the cause of it, right? Pride. If we see failure in our church, you know what the cause of it is? Pride. That's how big of an issue that it can become that causes our church not to achieve greatness. Like I said at the beginning of the message, it's really hard to look at Jesus when you're looking at yourself. You know, earlier this break that I've been on, I had to study out a guy named William Carey. And he said, expect great things from God. And that was that faith message I delivered to you. We all know that God can do great things. But the next part of that quotation from William Carey is achieve great things for God. And you're not going to achieve anything if you've got pride in your heart. If we as a church choose to be humble, God will bless us. If we become prideful, God will curse us. As I, as I really close in my last sentence, ask God to search your heart as we're going into this time of prayer and to reveal to you if you've had pride in your life. Because God, he will. And if anything comes up from the Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would uh, 